Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. President Biden's on his first trip to Asia since taking office, but with inflation on the rise and war raging in Ukraine, why does this particular visit matter? And what message does it send to our allies, to our partners, and to our adversaries? Most importantly, what message does it send to China? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. President Joe Biden has been in South Korea today to showcase America's leadership in the Indo-Pacific. It's his first stop, uh, and as uh, he was there, this is something that he wanted to do from the beginning of his administration. Remember, back during the campaign, President Biden focused about the pivot to Asia and how important it was. Uh, Obviously, world events have uh, taken attention to other places, uh, but the president stopped uh, first in South Korea, Uh, at a Samsung factory uh, south of Seoul. And the president began by stressing the importance of the semiconductor business and how critical it was to our economies and to our everyday lives. Semiconductors power our economies and enable our modern lives, from our automobiles to our smartphones to medical diagnostic equipment. And when it comes to the most advanced chips, like the ones made here in Samsung, is only one of only three companies in the world that makes these chips. It's incredible, an incredible achievement. Because these little chips, only a few nanometers thick, are the key to propelling us into the next era of humanity's technological development. Artificial intelligence, quantum technologies, 5G, and so very much more, things we haven't even thought of. President Biden also promoted and touted the close ties between the United States and South Korea. Our two nations work together to make the best, most advanced technology in the world. And this factory is proof of that. And that gives both the Republic of Korea and the United States a competitive edge in the global economy. If if we can keep our supply chains resilient, reliable and secure. President Biden went on to say that the pandemic and President Putin's war in Ukraine have highlighted a critical need, a crucial need to fix the supply chains uh, and why uh, we have to make sure that they aren't subject to this kind of foreign entanglement. The COVID-19 pandemic exposed the fragility of just-in-time supply chains. 
A global semiconductor shortage has caused a shortfall in consumer goods, especially automobiles, and it's contributing to higher prices around the world. And now, Putin's brutal and unprovoked war in Ukraine has further spotlighted the need to secure our critical supply chains so that our economy, our economic, and our national security are not dependent on countries that don't share our values. Those values were an important part of what the president wanted to talk about today. Uh, He emphasized that the U.S. strategy moving forward is to strengthen relationships with friends, allies, and strategic alliances like South Korea. The critical component of how we'll do that, in my view, is by working with close partners who do share our values, like the Republic of Korea, to secure more of what we need from our allies and partners and bolster our supply chain resilience. That's why our strategy is to build around strengthening our ties and cooperation across the board. That's how both our nations can improve our long-term resilience, increase our shared prosperity, and put our people in the best position to come out ahead in the competition of the 21st century. The president then uh, made that pivot and spent some time emphasizing how that Indo-Pacific region was going to be such a critical place in space uh, for the future right here. And that's why, Mr. President, I came to the Republic of Korea on my first trip to Asia as president of the United States. So much, so much of the future of the world is going to be written here in the Indo-Pacific over the next several decades. We're standing at an inflection point in history where the decisions we make today will have far-reaching impacts on the world we leave to our children tomorrow. I thought that was really interesting from the president, uh, that that he stated so forcefully that the future of the world will be written in the Indo-Pacific area. Uh, he went on to to double down on that thought by talking about it being an inflection point in history and decisions today will impact children tomorrow all around the world. And I think that's a, an important signal that the president is sending. Uh, and again, you have to think through who the president is speaking to uh, at that moment. Obviously, he is uh, speaking to the people of South Korea. He's also speaking to other allies in the region, including Japan, where he will go next on this trip. But he's also sending a very clear message to China. And I think that's a a critical piece of this puzzle is what is that message and what message is received uh, by the Chinese leaders? And will that have an impact in terms of those relationships moving forward? Now, I want to give you just a, a quick response from the newly elected South Korean president, President Yoon. Uh, He said that he hopes that President Biden's trip will really be a beginning, that it will translate into an alliance and a strength between the two countries. I look forward to today's visit translating into U.S.-ROK partnership blossoming into an economic and security alliance based on our partnership for advanced technologies and global supply chain. Uh, So, again, that's the newly elected uh, South Korean president, President Yoon, uh, through a translator. And again, really hoping that this uh, visit by President Biden will be parlayed into strong, a stronger alliance uh, and making sure that those two countries continue to work together, especially in the areas of advanced technologies. You heard President Biden talk about that extensively in terms of uh, what is required. Uh, some of the things that Samsung in particular will be manufacturing both there in South Korea, but also here in the United States. 
and then also making sure that there is a strategy and a plan to deal with some of those supply chain issues uh, as it relates to some of those chips, those things that have become part and necessity of our everyday lives. And so it's an interesting economic message from the president, especially at a time when the administration is struggling with the economic message, uh, the political impact of rising inflation in the United States, and you know so many other things that are happening that uh, need to be framed in terms of staying competitive against China, uh, that that is a, a crucial part of all of this. And uh, I think it's also important to to recognize, again, the, the messages, what messages are being sent to who and why. And I think part of this is really to make sure uh, that China knows very clearly that while all eyes are on Europe, on Ukraine and Russia in particular, that the United States is going to walk and chew gum uh, and that they are going to go after both of these things. Now, it's also important to think through Uh, that uh, China and North Korea are not just uh, standing idly by watching the uh, president parade through. Uh, We've heard a lot of rumblings. We know that the uh, Chinese military is conducting exercises and training missions uh, this week. Uh, While the president is in the area, we've also heard a lot of rumblings that North Korea will test some uh, missiles, uh, that that will likely happen during the time that the president is in the region. And so they are not going quietly into the night. Uh, North Korea and China are going to make their voices known, their presence felt, as the president tries to get some attention in terms of some positive things uh, in a very critical area of the world. We'll continue to watch it. Again, it's not just the headlines. We've got to dig a little deeper into these relationships and what they're going to mean for our national security and for our economy here in the United States. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.